0: Show off! All
1: right, hello everybody, and welcome to episode fifty-seven of the Nutanix Weekly Podcast. I have with me uh, my co-host here, Mr. Jair Cox. How are you? Hey, Harvey, do man,
0: glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Wonderful, and uh, we also have Mr. Ben Rogers by phone. Ben, how are you? Good, Harvey. I'm doing really well, man. Happy to be here today. Wonderful, wonderful. Ben is uh, he's on away from the office uh working away with with some stuff going on uh and, and Mr. Jarrett he is in the office which I can see and uh I guess Miss, Mr. Jara there uh have, have you finally given up on this moving thing? Uh
0: if you want actually I've got some moving boxes right here just <laughs> off camera for you Harvey.
1: We're
0: going to be moving in the uh, 2 weeks time.
1: <laughs> so Ben, uh has been uh doing a little bit of we we either have to take it for what he's saying it is and and say that he's been moving around a little bit, or you can just take it how I've been saying it and narrating it that he's just pretending to be moving uh for for I don't know, for sympathy points or to try to get away from us. What is it, Jira? how? Why are you
0: doing this? My version of the facts is that you're in denial, that uh, you're sad that I no longer live 15 minutes down the road from you, which I've apologized to you for multiple times. Yeah.
1: Multiple times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not
0: enough.
2: I sent <laughs> chocolates. <laughs> Not gift enough. Gift cards. What do you want from me? So, Jarra, I would have to ask, when's the last episode in your current location? Will that be 59? Um no, it should be 50
0: eight because oh n- next week the desk is getting the studio is getting disassembled. So we'll do next week's episode. Right. We'll do next next week's episode. Then you and I have meet up in Vegas and that'll be it.
2: Wow. So I guess the the, the first episode in your new crib, man, we've got to have, you know, kind of a, a welcome home party for you.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, um, I am sharing my screen here. So for those who can see it, today's topic is introducing AOS 6.5. Uh, and, and it's labeled ACI will never be the same. So uh, that's saying- crowd, crowd cheering line, in, well, in the background. I... <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: the crowd cheering in the background, Harvey.
1: Nice. <laughs>
0: some Monty Python level sound effects on the podcast.
2: Now. <laughs> Here we go.
1: <laughs> nice. So um that like I say that's a lot to say in the title, right? HCI will never be the same. I guess which which one of you wants to tackle why HCI will never be the same? We'll just start with that.
0: Yeah, let's dive into it. So this is a a post celebrating our you know our huge release. Actually, it's our um, uh, AOS six point five. AOS is the code that runs all of Nutanix. Runs in our CVMs. It's our core uh, code set that really makes all of all of Nutanix flavored HCI possible. So with this six point five release, which is kind of like the it'll it's like the big release of the year, um, brings a lot of new features. Brings uh, some new features that have been on our our like short term support or like a preview release track to the mainstream support the LTS code branch. Um, so some of those some of those we might have touched on on some prior episodes around when you know when it actually shipped in like a, a short term support release, but now when it hits the long term support, that's when it kind of gets mainstream, broad support. So um, three high level buckets, right? That all of this falls into.
1: Well, hold on, before you even do that, you you talk long-term support, you talk short-term support. What is this release?
0: This one, so 6.5 is LTS, uh, long-term support. You can, um, if you only want, if you want to touch your cluster as infrequently as possible, right? Like do if you also want to do like sort of Big Bang, you know, summertime or whatever your annual schedule is releases, that's fine. This can match that with you. Um, it's, it's kind of for customers that want... Um, New releases less frequently, but they also therefore want to patch less frequently. If you want more okay. new stuff faster and you're willing to patch faster to get it, that's what the short-term support train is for as well.
1: So let me ask a couple questions around that. Um, I, I put on my customer hat like Ben does uh, a good bit. So these this this new release, do I need to wait to install this new release while they work out the the bugs and the kinks?
0: Yeah, good question. And and totally natural. In this case, actually, believe it or not, no, um, we only make something a long term support release when it's been kind of battle tested and has had some soak time in the field as a short term release. So this code actually has been already out there, available for customers for their lab clusters, testing clusters, customers that want to do the short term support train to get featured more often. It's all been out there. So we don't ship that new code as as an LTS
1: okay well that's that's good news i like that when was the last time you that... did an lts release
0: when's the last time we what
1: did a, when's the last time you released an lts version the one before this six
0: uh 5.20 would have been last year
1: ah all right so so there's a year See, that's that's what's exciting yeah yeah go ahead man
2: yeah, I mean, that, that to me is kind of what's exciting in this is this is the first 6.x release that's gone into LTS. So for me, like in Enterprise, as Jairo was saying, a lot of Enterprise customers won't go to STS versions because you know they don't need the features or they want to be more battle-ready. They will be willing to move to these LTS releases. So I'm very excited to get in front of my customers because I can go to them and go, this is a long-term release, this is battle-tested, got some really cool features we'll talk about here in a little bit later on the podcast but this is this is an exciting time to be a Nutanix employee because of this release and the significance of it coming from the 5.x era into the 6.x era so I'm pretty excited to get in front of my customers and a few customers I've already talked to this about they're excited too because this is what they've been waiting on to make that jump into the 6 arena
1: yeah so that that makes a lot of sense to me right I'm if, if I still have on the customer hat to go from uh, a five dot something release to a six dot something release that already sounds like uh a, a big deal but to go from a five dot20 up to a six dot five that dot five tells me you know there there have been some some dot ones dot twos right and the fact that Jira, you brought up that this has been a year uh a, a year in the making right that that kind of gets me to pay attention. So, all right, let's 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 say I'm game. What am I getting for upgrading to 6.5?
0: So three key areas of, of stuff you're getting would be uh, performance uh, increases, right? So that you can apply just a software update to your existing cluster, get more, get faster out of it. Um, more resilience uh, for, you know, security and then also better snapshots and, and replication data services are the kind of the three big buckets that everything falls onto under, under we can we can go deeper on all that but those are the three high level high, high level bullets
1: all right so you already know I'm already interested in uh this the you, you use the word performance right um it sounds to me like if I perform this upgrade things will be better and faster and I don't have to Buy new equipment to make it better and faster. What, what, whatever do you mean, sir?
0: Totally, man. Better living through software. So, put better software on existing CVMS, right? Those Nutanix virtualized controllers get more performance out of the cluster. So, better code. Nice. Um, there's It, it is primarily software, right? Is the release? It does bring some features that enable new hardware too. So, clusters can now differentiate between, say, uh, NVMe and Optane. They're both NVMe grade storage. But Optane is faster, and we can actually now distinguish between those two things. So if you had them both in a node, we can make sure the very hottest of data is placed onto Optane disks. And then the NVMe is, as weird as it is to say, the colder tier of storage, um, even though NVMe is pretty pretty darn fast. It's not traditionally your cold tier. But um, differentiation there, there's, there's actually links out to um, uh, other studies. You know, the, even the screenshot that we include here in the blog post is, is – uh, Awesome, showing, you know, 3.38 million um, read IOPS, a million write IOPS, very, very big numbers that we're putting up here um, for the performance studies, uh, as well as supporting with that performance, larger and larger databases as well, right? So we hi- we highlight how uh, 6.5 supports larger and larger databases, and this calls out, you know, how much do you need, right, terabyte, two terabyte, 10 terabyte or more, 6.5 is there for you.
2: John, let me ask a question because I know this has been something that has been, uh, you know, kind of touted with this build is going from the single IO thread to the multi IO thread kind of, you know, for somebody like me that's new, that's new to the Nutanix technology, trying to learn how is this really significant in this build?
0: Yeah, so part of it's um, the threading that's part of it's been in HV for a little while. Um, A a brand making new feature for a lot of things will be. Uh, like the disk sharding. I think we talked about that on a prior episode, but again, this now comes to a mainstream release where, you know, we still continue to recommend along with Microsoft, more V disks is better for performance for a lot of applications like SQL. That being said, not every application in a customer's mind is worth shifting onto multiple V disks when you migrate it to Nutanix. So we're still going to do what we can to make that run faster wherever possible. And that includes this technology called disk sharding, where we'll take one, let's say, one large V disk and break it up into regions and assign each of those regions of the disk a different disk controller so that we can still, to your point, Ben, get multiple lanes of throughput in and out of that single V disk.
2: So, Harvey, one of the things you asked, you know, is is today I'm sitting with the cluster and now I'm going to upgrade the cluster. What am I going to get? Well, you're going to be able to turn on some of these, these features that have been added since the, 5. Uh, the 5.x LTS release, which I'm excited for because, again, you know, the Optane disk coming down the pipe and using that, especially in a, in a uh, SAP HANA environment, it's just some really exciting things. So will it perform faster if you have the right devices in there? I believe you will get a performance increase when you go to this build.
0: Yeah, you're gonna get a a cluster that's smarter and can run larger workloads more intelligently.
1: That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, As, as a customer who doesn't want to spend any more money than I have to that that sounds pretty promising, that I can upgrade what I have and, and get some more, some more performance out of it, potentially some more life out of it.
0: I mean, that sounds like a really high value platform where you just apply updates and get even more out of it. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. Agreed, I do like things like that.
0: <laughs> I was surprised, Harvey, when you said it perked ears up, I thought you were going to touch on uh security as, as a uh, kind of number one with a bullet, like super critical. Well,
1: you know, it's, it's funny that you should bring that up because obviously we all want things to be much, much faster, 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 but uh, we also want them to be secure so. Definitely. Let's let's talk some more about what what we've got security wise that that we can hit on. Yeah,
0: because we got it. Um, so as we're running these, you know, business critical, mission critical workloads uh, with more and more performance, we also want to do that securely. So some of these enhancements that come in this is um, the abilities for virtual networking. Right, if you're using uh, flow networking to do network isolation, um, if you're running Nutanix nodes up in public cloud. Uh, Prism is now enabled to display to you what your public cloud networking looks like. So we can show those subnets right there in Prism. In uh, in this case, I think AWS NC two. So that when you're deploying VMs, you can actually see and consume the networks that, like say, an AWS network administrator, it might have built for you. Um, if you're if you're in the DoD, of course, we've got some new certifications that uh, bring us into compliance here with like IPv six uh, requirements for communications. So and the, you know more ways that we can about zero that, trust.
1: Again, kind of wearing my, my customer had here. Um, I see you got some some additional certifications for the DoD. I'm I'm not the DoD, but do I still benefit from where you guys are with with a certification level with them? Is it that secure for me too?
0: Totally, yeah. So the any customer can actually go to their cluster and actually put it into a self hardening state where it will use those same hardening guidelines to uh, enforce and then also monitor and re- and reheal back to a security baseline as defined in those, in those hardening guidelines. So it's not just like a one-time event where you tell your cluster, hey, self-harden, it, it it does that for sure, but then it also will monitor that over time to say, if someone goes in and tampers with the configuration to you know, weaken your security posture, maybe enable like password SSH versus key-based SSH, it'll alert you on that and then also roll back to the the security baseline saying I have to turn that off because this is what my security baseline mandates.
1: Wait, so I've got the option, like let's say the the DOD standard has a thousand different settings set to be a certain way. And let's say I really only need 900 of those and the other hundred are going to make it so that my users can't work. So I just don't want those set. I can do that too. I can adapt from what they have.
0: Mm, to be honest, That one's beyond me. I've never tweaked the baselines, um, but I've also never heard of any of our baselines breaking the product. Of course we write the baselines for the product to harden itself.
1: Well, not necessarily tweaking the baseline, but just taking what they have and I guess, well, I guess that is picking and choosing tweaking the baseline.
0: I mean, that's not a regular way to comply with the baseline. If you're, if at the end, you're just going to pick and choose what they want to apply.
2: <laughs> now, Harvey, the
1: think, option to think go about all the way it. up to it. I guess. So yeah, that's interesting. think about
2: this though, Harvey. You are a compliance officer in a healthcare facility, right. and you're looking to really, you know, prove that you've hardened the environment. I think leaning on this tool would be awesome because then I could say, you know, now I'm hardening my environment, not only for what healthcare expects me to do, but now also what the department of defense is doing. So well, yeah, for I mean, other absolutely. industries, I, I could definitely see this being a plus.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of environments that would say if it's good enough for the DOD, it's good enough for us.
0: <laughs> That's always been what I've taught from, uh, uh design standpoint is the some of those baselines are are so much more inclusive that aiming for that kind of brass ring gives you everything beneath it right and it's not as stringent from a security posture perspective
1: Hmm. that makes sense i like that what what else you got for me
0: (laughs) uh hold hold on i clicked on some links here in the blog post and distracted myself um because this, this is a link-filled blog post that everybody should go, should go check out. Um, oh, yeah, so better uh, replication. So if you're already using our native uh, Nutanix uh, provided disaster recovery solution, sending copies of your VMs from one cluster to another, which should be anything to anything, right? Cross hypervisor, your data center to your data center, your data center to the colo down the street, across town, across the country, public cloud, wherever your other Nutanix cluster wants to run, um this release brings out what's called a a range-based replications to um to send uh to get even even closer down to just sending only changed data so we we to get nerdy for a second we write data on disk in one one megabyte chunks um and in prior releases we would send that megabyte if only a kilobyte in that megabyte change we'd send the whole, the whole megabyte. And with this, we're able to slice it more finely so that we're only sending just changed data and less sort of padding in the extent around that changed data. Wow. Hmm. So cluster optimization for replication uh, as well. What does that do? That means that customers can get more snapshots across the wire faster, um, achieve lower you know uh, RPO, RTO on their application so that data is fresher over at DR if they wanna go do a failover. Um,
2: you know, planned or unplanned.
1: That's. Uh, Let me
2: ask a question from a customer point of view. So, I'm running today on five dot X, and I upgrade to six dot five, and I'm doing replication before. Are you telling me that after this upgrade, it's going to take my my uh, existing replication rules and policies that I have in place? and it's going to apply this ability to just now send over the change data instead of that whole one megabyte block over?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you should see the existing replication on those existing clusters, yeah, completing faster or taking less time per snapshot to send across the wire.
2: Wow. So we also should probably see some uh, bandwidth efficiency come along with this. We're not touting that in these articles, but I'm thinking through that, that we should see that after these upgrades.
0: Hmm. Potentially, yeah, I guess it depend on each environment, right? Like the amount of data changed and frequency and available bandwidth to replicate. Um, but yeah, it's really possible. Yeah. I can, I can imagine where that would be true yeah. of, of a lot of different environments.
1: I like that. That would be real
2: interesting to lab up. Yeah. You know, cause think about, think about if you could look at, you know, now for people with private cloud, they probably got fixed assets with the pipe so that, you know, they're not looking at efficiencies in it, but, If you're a cloud customer and you're using your cloud environment as a DR facility and you're replicating out, this could be a big difference in my opinion.
0: Could be. Could be. Well, I mean, everybody's got telco contracts to renegotiate, right? If you can prove that you're maybe not using as much of a pipe as you used to be, you know, you can find some savings there for sure. So um some other new stuff that comes in this release uh you know I love the way that we highlight here um you know ha- helping out with operations freeing up nights and weekends right like the actual you know helping you get back, get back time in your day time in your night time in your weekend uh so that you don't have to worry about technology and and the day job so some new features there uh memory memory overcommit VM templates so helping customers you know we've had we've we've like a cloud native provider had the the capacity for Using like an image library where you can upload like basically V disk templates and then create VMs using those V disk templates um, wherever you wanted to, right? On any cluster. Now with this functionality, you can even templatize the you know the VCPU, the memory, um blank vdisks as well, you know, NICs, whatever you wanted to be able to stamp out rapidly as this is my VM template and go from there. Um, as well as AHV memory overcommit, something we've heard from a long time from the field around customers that. For very, I'd say very specific use cases, right? Very specific needs. Certain environments definitely need overcommit to maybe um, be perhaps, let's say, financially viable, right? Maybe there's some environments where there's just political constraints of, you know, so and so swears up and down, they need 64 gig memory, but I watched the VM and it's only using 16 gig. Of course, we can report on that. We can name and shame. We can help you show back or shame back in your environment. But there's right. just some environments where you just aren't going to win that battle. You have to give it 64 gig memory no matter what the report says. So with this, now with memory overcommit, right, you can uh, steal some of that memory that the VM's not using back to give to other VMs in the environment. Now, of course, no, we're not the first supervisor to have this. Uh, and laws of physics apply to everyone equally, right? If you ran out of real physical memory on a node, uh, you're going to page, you know, life's going to slow down. All those VMs are going to hate life. So use this to make, Promises to your VMs, but let's make wise promises to our VMs. Not go go crazy and uh, write checks that our our our, our DIMs can't cache. Okay. Um, capacity planning for for non nutanix ESXI. I think this one's pretty slick. So you've been able to connect, you know, non nutanix fully, you know, three tier vCenter environments to Prism for a long time, and surface like alerts, uh, do some um, AI ML uh, growth trending. With this one now, you can do capacity planning as well. So we we'll, we can monitor those environments the same way we monitor ourselves and send you an alert whenever your predicted runway dips below 12 months of growth. So we'll watch CPU, watch memory, watch storage. And if you're growing at a certain rate that we think you're going to run out within the next 12 months, we'll send you an alert to say, hey, by the way, caution, you know, out-of-memory condition is coming up on that other non-Nutanix cluster over there, you know, forecasted for nine months out same way we can do on Nutanix now on non-Nutanix as well so centralized alerting or hey maybe a compelling event would you like some more Nutanix to help alleviate that uh predicted shortfall there
1: yeah yeah that's that's pretty cool actually
0: um if you've heard about uh our new licensing model um with uh and there's even a link here this is such a great blog post because it links to everything else uh, that's part of it. So the NCI licensing, NCM licensing, um, Unified storage, database services, um, all of our new licensing models, uh, this is our LTS release that now lets you apply that licensing to your clusters. So, of course, we did ship the new licensing models. The next STS release supported that, and now that comes to LTS as well. So if you had um, if you had that licensing, that can now be applied Um some of the compelling stuff there now is like, you know, NCI can include like uh, flow microsegmentation. segmentation. Uh, so if you didn't have that before, by converting your licensing and then upgrading to 6.5, you just get flow microsegmentation segmentation on your cluster um, when you're running AHV. Other cool stuff around like unified storage, database services, other co- easy to consume uh, licensing models there. And let's see. That probably rounds out the, the what's new. Uh, I know that I'm I'm doing a couple of meetings a week now nowadays, just presenting this in depth to our customers. So if this is at all compelling to you, I would say reach out to your account team, tell them you want to get on the calendar and and get a more in depth review of the what's new in six point five content. Um, our our great guys over in tech marketing put together uh, some wonderful uh, guys and gals over in tech marketing put together some awesome content um, that we can go through in a more you know more intimate and also dedicated uh time fashion, right? Let's carve out an hour and really go deep on what's new in this release.
1: Yeah, you're you're already jumping the gun and going past me. I always ask you, well, what, what can I do? Did I already get this. <laughs> what if
0: I felt, I don't know, called to action? Um yes. then yeah, totally reach out <laughs> to your account team, right? Let them know that you want to go deeper on some of this stuff. But also if you're just listening and let's say you're hopefully not driving, but maybe you're at your computer, um jump on the 10 test drive environment test drive uh also has um 6.5 there as well that you can um hop onto and kick the tires as well
1: yeah absolutely um maybe we need to do something specifically around 6.5 but uh def- definitely being able to use test drive being able to do that being able to do some some demos and uh, actually, I, and I like to tell people this all the time, right? You can go to test drive and you can go out there and take a look at what's there and not break what you have. Like right? look at somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Do not break production because you did not go and look at it first. Um, just plan.
0: Yeah. If you, if you don't have a lab cluster, uh, please use ours, not yours. <laughs> don't yes. treat yours as one.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's let's plan well. I think a
2: save. I think a saving grace with that is that this is a, a long term support release. So this is, as, as Jaira said, this is you know been bullet tested and should be battle ready. So as I'm talking to customers, I'm trying to relay a sense of you know this is a this is the the next step uh, in your journey with us, and we now have it as a long term release where you don't have to worry about it being a short term release or something that's not been completely tested by the field
1: yeah no agreed on that for sure I'm I guess in my saying that I'm less worried about the software and more worried about just you know jumping out there and just pressing buttons and oh wait I don't know what just happened oh wait and it it has
2: amazed me it has amazed me being a new employee here as you learn more about this upgrade, how they have, you know, really done some enhancements to the code and the gears underneath the, you know, behind the covers that uh just seeing some of the performance that we're able to gain and, you know, this multi IO coming out and our ability to play with Optane and all that. It's just very interesting at how they can tune uh, this platform, you know, I mean, it's, I'm just amazed at it, at a, at a geek level, what they're able to do behind the scenes with this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, Mr. Rogers, any parting thoughts, sir?
2: Well, there was an interesting article that came out uh, this week that talked about, you know, employees. And so when I look at Nutanix and i you know, having a leadership role in the past, I think about, you know, how can I set up a platform that can be bulletproof to employee change? And I think with some of the direction that Nutanix is going, they're really looking at that as how can I hire competent individuals that can work on our existing on-prem environments, but as we grow and we scale out the cloud, how will they be able to, you know, be able to do that work as well? And how will I retain those employees? And if I can't retain those employees, how hard will it be for me to get new employees up and running and ready to go? And I think as companies look at expanding out the cloud they face that fear of, will I have the talent to be able to do this? And I think Nutanix as a platform gives you the ability to have confidence that your talent will not only be able to exi- to perform in existing workloads on prem or private cloud, but as you get into public cloud, Azure, AWS, your employee skill set can handle those environments as well. And I think there's a lot of power with that. And I I hope that other IT leaders that and start to, you know, kind of embrace that because the world's changing and employee skill set, man, is very important. And having the skill set to manage your workloads wherever they live is is a reality for a lot of people. And so I'm very proud of the fact that I work for a company that's giving companies the ability to flatten that out and to be able to work across silos like that.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, all right, Jared. Jared.
0: Top that. <laughs> no, 100% agreed. I was, reading, a, <laughs> I was reading, a, reading an article this week with the CEO of uh, Aviatrix. They do cloud networking and SDN. And he was talking about the value prop for his product, right, being that it's that sort of decoder ring and universal experience standardization across, across everything, right? So if you had operations on-prem, Colo, GCP, AWS, Azure, it, there's, it's unrealistic to think you'll ever staff all those skill sets well, Right, but you could easily uh, staff, you know, for Aviatrix. Uh, this, this this episode is not sponsored by Aviatrix, um, <laughs> right? To to let your team standardize operations, right? Standardize the runbook that you hand to a new employee. Hey, here's your binder of like stuff we do um, on one on a consistent platform. And I was like, we actually need to steal a lot of that messaging because that's exactly what we do for for private and hybrid cloud. Right? You can standardize those that operations that you again probably won't. Uh, staff to the nth degree of specialization across every platform that you ever need to run workloads in, but you can specialize on Nutanix and then take that with you anywhere, wherever, you know, the NICs and the hardware uh, and the and the SSDs can follow you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, and I, I, I guess on my part, I'll throw out there that uh, our next Nutanix workshop is on Friday the 19th. Uh, 11 to 2 and it'll be specifically around Nutanix files so uh, hopefully you guys will jump on and join us for that maybe learn something new uh maybe learn a little bit more about what you already have and do every day but uh definitely jump on it'll be hands-on and you guys can break ours instead of yours (laughs) I'll
0: I'll be at a closing uh signing my name a disgusting amount of times but I'll be with you in spirit
1: All right. Well, I guess we'll have to be happy with that. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, We will see you for the next one.
0: Talk to you then. Have a good one.